Hello and welcome back to Verbal Money. This is the podcast that isn't afraid to deal with the big questions. Just like, will we ever get that dream heavyweight fight that we always wanted? If only Fedor had signed the contract, though. Um, we don't have Jamie with us again. Uh, we we have reached out to him for, for, for comment, um, but he said that uh, there will be no professional repercussions, only public, and we all know that that is the most meaningful of all. Um, but I do have Corley, Steve, and Jake with me, as always, um, to talk about some fights. Uh, before we get into the weekend's action from the MMA world, I wanted to ask, Steve, how was your little day trip to the Misfits press conference? Because... I didn't expect it to be as eventful as it ended up being. Well, I didn't actually go to the press conference. I only managed, oh, to, get, I only managed to get to the weigh-ins. But yeah, I saw a bunch of fighters there, actually. Um, actual fighters, not like fake YouTube fighters. Um, but no, I got to see a dwarf take down a full-grown man on the stage. So that was fun. Put some um, respect on little man's name, bro. Put some respect on little no, man. Cool. I had a bit of a chat with a certain AJ McKee. Which was awesome. Um, saw a couple favorites of the podcast, Dakota Dichiva, Simeon Powell, and Dominic Wedding there as well. Um, they were there doing some stuff with PFL, um, who of course announced their Europe series. They're going to be on zone next year. Um, so yeah, it was a fun. It was it was a fun few hours. Yeah, I mean, like I said, didn't expect it to be that eventful, but well, there was a lot that came out of that. Um, <laughs> I got he... I got the fist I got the fist pump slim as well. <laughs> oh what a, what a crazy time we live in um the the first proper event of the weekend was one fight night six one's first event of the year uh made evented by the featherweight kickboxing world championship between superbond and chingas alasov that we've been waiting for for like a year i expected it to be a super close fight that was going to be studied for for years to come and in the end chingas alasov with one of the most impressive performances I've seen in a one fight in a in a long time, absolutely dismantling Superbon to win the world championship. Steve, I know that you stayed up to watch it. Uh, the arena couldn't believe what they just seen when Azlov when Alazov stopped him in that way. Uh, did you see that coming at all? Not at all. Um, I'm not the biggest expert on kickboxing, but I'm obviously well aware of Superbon. I know who he is. I know how good he is. So I did not see this coming out of Alisov um and he controlled he was winning the whole fight it wasn't like he just caught him and then you know won the fight um like you see often in big fights of course um he was winning the fight and he dropped him a couple times and then got the finish um just a great performance um so yeah definitely wasn't expecting that one and you touched on the crowd there's no better place to see the kind of crowd that they had for that show than the online sang entrance just the crowd came unglued for that man as they always do but um yeah it was a fun show all, to, all together obviously we had um but that stood out to me was stamp and supergirl that was the that was just an incredible fight um supergirl came forward put it on stamp from the first minute and um i actually picked supergirl or i thought she won that fight um it was close but um I had Supergirl up. Um, I don't know if you wanted to go over the rest of the card or you want me to continue, but... Uh, no, I agree with you. I thought Supergirl was fantastic in that fight. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely going to be one I watch back a lot. Something I am not going to watch back a lot was Mikey Musumeci's <laughs> championship oh. defence. Uh, oh, I, that was I have, not good to watch, bro. Oh, no. I have written oh. about 
three articles on it today where he describes uh, his opponent's leg as like cardboard in the way that it just ripped over and over. And uh, yeah, one of the most uh, horrific things I've ever watched in MMA was uh, that happening to him. I mean, I don't, I don't know how he lasted until the end of the fight. Fair play to him. Um, online science on, performance was I good. I think on the press conference, um, the way Mikey described it was... Um, He's never felt an opponent's knee explode like that. Yeah. Like, they fair, fair, fair play to the guy for sticking it out until the end, but Jesus Christ, have some common sense every now and then. Well, I don't like... know if you guys saw, um, I think I saw the report of the injury earlier today. Um, I think it's an ACL and either an MCL or PCL and a meniscus, all three. Yeah. Jesus. Not great. Yeah. He's going to be out for like a year with that one. So. Yeah, basically everything you could injure in that position, yeah. he injured. Like, horrific. Um, Rod Tang's fight was entertaining. I feel like I don't even need to say that at this point. Um, for me, the the highlight of the event was seeing a certain Alistair Overeem sat front row. Hmm. Um, that is very exciting, and I cannot wait to see if we get an update on that um, with the open weight Grand Prix they are doing, which has got everyone talking. And this is um, why I was mad that Chatty didn't do the press conference. I had that question ready to go. Oh, it would have been the first question, I would imagine. Yeah. 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 Um, we got a UFC fight night. The night after, um, the first UFC event of the year. Um, main evented by Sean Strickland, like the last event of 2022, which uh, is crazy that that happened. Um, I'm going to go to, to Corley on this because I feel like I have no idea where you're going to go on this. How do you feel about Sean Strickland? It's a dickhead. Okay. <laughs> just a dickhead. I mean, so no, it's just a dickhead. That, that's, I hate, no, I don't hate, that is a very unkind word. I just don't get how he talks, so I'm going to kill a man and then jab a man to nothing. Like, not even to nothing, just jab a man. Just don't like Sean Strickland. I had a feeling you'd go that way on it. Uh, how impressed... <laughs> were you by his performance if you if you watched it i will not lie i <laughs> uh, i turned it off after the first two minutes i, I just can't stand <laughs> to watch him is i don't turn off many fights i just don't like watching him and that's no disrespect to him or it is whatever he wants to take it <laughs> um but no i just don't like watching him i've kind of thought now why watch someone you don't like when i can go and get an extra hour in bed before the kids get me up. <laughs> that's that's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I was gutted though, I will say I was so gutted for Damon Jackson. I was so gutted. Like so gutted, but yeah. it was coming on it. It was coming on it. Oh. Yeah, I mean that performance by Danny Ige to remind everyone that he is not a stepping stone in this division. Absolutely phenomenal finish. Uh Jake, was that the, the highlight for you? Or was there something else? Um, yeah, it probably was Dan Ige's performance because uh, you know, he got he got very emotional in his uh, his post-fight interview as well, talking about how he hasn't had a win in almost two years and you know how important it was that he got this win over Damon Jackson, who was not a bad fighter by any stretch of the imagination, a guy who was about to break into the top 15, but Dan Ige just he put him to sleep and it was an awesome performance from Ige up until that point as well. Uh, the main event, 
I thought it was actually one of Sean Strickland's more exciting fights because he went forward for once in his life. Like I'm usually in the same boat as Paulie. Um, you know, I love to use the phrase death by a thousand Sean Strickland jabs because they're about uh, as effective uh, as a paper cut. So, so is it worth watching? Forward. I thought it was, honestly. He went forward for a lot of the fight. I gave him every single round. Um, I know the judges had a 49-46 and 48-47. Um, I, something like that. I let my bias play too much into my viewing time now, to be honest. I think I need to mature myself a bit more. <laughs> no, I thought I thought it was honestly a decent uh, performance from Strickland against a good opponent in in in, uh, in Imavov as well. And considering that Strickland took the fight on Tuesday of fight week and just rolled off the sofa um, and did that. So I thought it was uh, pretty impressive. I, I, I'm not overly high on Imavov. I thought his performance against Joaquin Buckley left a lot to be desired. I expected him to be a lot more dominant against Buckley. So I had my doubts, but I, I was still picking Imavov to win my decision. My, my verdict uh, was awful this week. Um, and I'm probably rather far down in our, our league that we have going on. Mm-hmm. I think I only got one pick right, to be honest with you, this week. wasn't good. <laughs> it was not good, man. Kopilov looked good, though, I thought. Kopilov looked really yeah. good. He had a good performance, man. I'm really ha- I really rate him. I can't wait to see a bit more of him. Against a good opponent as well in, um, yeah, in, man. in Pune. Yeah, P- Pune hits like a truck. I was he so hits good like a truck. One of those fights in it where they're both so good, they're both like they have the styles that you want to watch, don't they? When they come together, it's good, but then you can't help feel so sorry for the loser, can you? Like, oh, but I think they've been when you've been putting performances in like they both have now, even with the copula win, if I'm saying his name right there, sorry. I don't think, um, I don't think Soriano really um, takes a step back with a loss, to be honest. No. No. At all, but still. Ruthless. Yeah, Kopilov, Kopilov was one of the people that really impressed me. Um, I feel like the the obvious other ones to talk about would be Umar Namagomedov as well. Ooh, yeah. Another ridiculous oh. performance from him. That that finish was ridiculous. Uh, Steve, I, I, I feel like you were going to say it if I didn't, so I, I'll let I you carry it. on. Um, yeah, Umar, I was like... Who made Dagestanis that can like knock people out like that now? That's not fair. <laughs> um, yeah, Umar is like really the whole package. He's just so good everywhere. Um, and I was listening to another podcast. I think it was Luke Thomas um, going through the stats um, for Umar in his career. Um, he is like upper level, upper percentile in all of them. Like strikes landed, strikes like blocked um yeah i i can't like list the whole thing now because i don't have it in front of me but um i'll try and find it and like tweet out or something but it's just ridiculous um the level he's on and i've heard people talking about it i think umar versus marab might be the fight to make now but it's a a big it's a big step up but i don't think anyone wants to fight marab at the minute and it's not like he's going to be getting a title shot yeah exactly I wouldn't be opposed, exactly. But I think the funniest thing to come out of Umar versus Barcelos is on MMA Guru's Fight Companion. Now, I don't watch MMA Guru. I didn't even know he existed until six months ago. Everyone was like, how have you not seen him? And I was like, I don't pay attention to shitty YouTubers, especially when it comes to shitty MMA YouTubers. 
And uh, on his fight companion, he was saying before that like Umar is so overrated and uh, yeah, Barcelos is probably going to smash him. And then directly after he knocks him out, he's, he's like, he acts like someone has said it in the chat. And he's like, yeah, I know Umar is such a weight bully. He's so big for this division. <laughs> like as soon as, as soon as he gets something wrong uh, about Umar, he has to change his narrative straight away. It's like the fact he hates on Dagestanis to an obscene level. Like Steve made a joke there that, you know, the Dagestanis are getting too good. But like, I feel like that guy actually hates people. He hates people from around there. So <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's the funny issue I've seen come out this weekend. Let's touch huh? on Javid as well. That's exactly what I was going to say. You beat me to that one. Uh, yeah. Um, big win over a fellow undefeated guy. Um, yeah, and he called out Chris Gutierrez, which I think is a great matchup next. Mm. Oh, that fight will be so good if it happens. Yeah. I'd love to see that. But yeah, really, uh, really well-rounded performance I thought from from Javid. Just looks mm. super comfortable wherever the fight yeah. goes. Um, one of those examples of a guy that can just do everything so well. It, it all just flows naturally for him. Um, without a shadow of a doubt, the biggest talking points from the night were not the fights themselves. They were announcements that came out uh, both at the end of the fight card and kind of as it started accidentally um, when we found out that John Jones would be coming back to face Cyril Gann for the heavyweight title. And then later on in the night had confirmation from Dana White that Francis Ngannou uh, had been released from his contract. Um, well, uh, let's start with the Francis news and then we'll talk John Jones. Um, do you guys think... I've seen people um, saying this is so disappointing that we won't get to see Francis compete. It it kind of harms the UFC by them having a champion leave and things like that. Um, how do you guys see this uh, for both parties? Corley, I want to get your take on this. It's just a loss for the UFC, isn't it? Like, it is such a bad loss. Yeah, I've lost the baddest man on the planet, like, it's done for. Do you know what I mean? I can't. I honestly can't believe they let him go. I've not let him go. He's decided to go himself, and you can't knock his reasoning. More money, lesser competition. Go for the kill. Go for the kill. But at the same time, you can't help but feel we've been deprived of so many good matchups, man. Like so many good. I would love to have seen Ngannou versus Jones. I'd absolutely love to have seen that. I would have even loved to have seen Ngarni versus Blaze. Blaze on a killing streak, man. I feel sorry that Blaze has just been left out of the equation, but you, you can understand why. If Ngarni's gone, you need a draw to replace him. And John Jones is there, man. Um, big win for whoever signs Ngarni. I'm assuming BKFC are going to come in with a big tennis to secure that bag. Everyone wants Ngarni. <laughs> you just imagine him fighting like Sean Merriman or something, headlining like Knucklemania. It is just... It's going to be terrible, man. Mm. But I think he signs with PFL, super fight division. I don't think he, he does the season. I think he goes in, million pound fights, whatever. And then I reckon he'll do boxing in between when he's not on that. Yeah. I think that obviously a lot of talk since then has been what Francis will do now. And I feel like the, the PFL is is the, the obvious choice in that they could offer him super fights and boxing potentially as well um there are some other options i'm curious do you guys think jake if on a scale of one to ten how possible do you think it is that we see francis Ngannou competing bare knuckle oh 
Four. Four, because I think, like, the owners will probably go to a big bank and say, hey, we'll pay you back if you give us a shit ton of money to sign Nganu, because it's going to take a shit ton of money. I just don't think they have the funds. They were going to put in an offer for guys like Mike Tyson and Vanderlei Silva's something stupid like uh, like a $20 million fight, but that fell through. Um, now, I, do I think it's going to take $20 million to get Nganu? Probably not. Um, so they could come out of the woodwork and they, they could get something like that, but I don't think they have the funds for Nganu. But with that being said, I don't think the money is as much of a... Is, is not as much of a concern for Nganu as people are making out as they're making it out to be. The problem with Nganu and the contract that the UFC offered him, which he turned down, uh, it wasn't the money. It was that you know it would have been a multi-fight deal and he wouldn't have been able to do boxing. Um, whether or not you believe Dana when he says that Francis would have been the highest paid heavyweight of all time, which I don't personally. I think he was talking out of his arse just to make Francis look bad. Um, whether you believe that or not, it's not a case of the money. It's about you know fighters' rights um, as independent contractors and and that kind of thing. So I'm happy for Francis. I don't think he goes to bare knuckle though. I th- I do like the PFL idea, um, as Coley was saying, because with Jake Paul there um, and him doing boxing in between his fights in the super fight div- in the super fight division, I can just see that's going to pave the way for some of the bigger guys in the sport, uh, so uh, some of the more popular guys like Ganu. Uh, who maybe leave the UFC, go to PFL, fight in the super fight division, compete in other sports outside of that. Even guys like Nate Diaz, you know, like, you know, one or two fight deals uh, to go fight in the in the super fight division, make a shit ton of money and then go, you know, box Canelo or Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder or whatever the hell. Like, I, so no, I don't think Bare Knuckle has a good chance of getting them because I know the money's not that big of an issue, but I still don't think they're going to be able to offer him something worth fighting a man with no gloves on, you know? Yeah. Just that and, like, a murder charge against Nganu uh, could uh, really uh, harm his reputation as well. I, it, if he hits someone with no gloves on, he may kill them. And that's that's just, he's a health concern. <laughs> there's, there, there's my reasoning for why Nganu will not fight in bare knuckle. The commission won't license it. They'll say he's, like, you know, he has, he has to classify himself as, like, a lethal weapon. Or something. I was convinced, though. To be fair, I need to have a, I need to have a look into it a bit more. To be fair, I don't know what the heavyweight boxing scene's like at the minute. But prior to the news, well, just as the news was broke, I was convinced with him mentioning boxing so much, like he wanted to go and do boxing. I thought maybe him and Frank Warren have a little background agreement there for Ngarni to fight Fury at some point. That's why he's so eager. Like he needs to be able to box his contract because it's coming. Do you know what I mean? And I saw, I think I saw what PFL tweeted him. No, no, it wasn't PFL. I think it was Sean O'Connell said, "Come to the PFL. We'll do a mega event in Africa next year." So, I know it's just Sean O'Connell, but I just would not put that past PFL. Do you know what I mean? And Garnu's first fight for the promotion in Africa. That that numbers, numbers. Yeah, that'd be huge. Um, I I feel like I'm adding to uh, to what Jake said about. Uh, him being a health risk 
but mm. man, I, I kind of I kind of wish this had happened a little bit before so that we could talk about Francis Ngannou being in the, the open weight Muay Thai tournament. But, <laughs> <laughs> again, going back to an idea that we had a conversation about uh, in our group chat a few days ago with them drawing names out of a hat, like on the night of the fights, they, mm. they would not be allowed to put Francis Ngannou in. That's... Oh my God. Mm. Ngannou versus Rod Tang in the first round. <laughs> I think Rod Tang could take him. When we get over Rod Tang, chop the legs. Yeah, I mean, if we get over him versus Rod Tang, then I I won't talk about Ngannou competing in it again anyway. I'm fine with that. I'll take that. You you mentioned one, though. Um, Of all the other champions, the fight I think I want to see the most would be Ngannou versus Anatoly Malikin. It would be be a good fight. It would be a good fight. There's good fights for him in every promotion, but... I think you need to kind of be logical about. Uh, I don't know about Bellator. I'm sorry. <laughs> I do yeah, not care about Francis Ngannou versus Ryan. Okay. Sorry. Don't put this. Uh, put some respect on Brian Bader's name, or. No, no, I, I won't. Like I, 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 I refuse to. Right. Ryan Bader. I, I made an article. I, I made an article like a year and a half ago about like uh, interpromotional fights and like what the biggest fight in every division would be. I had to do Ngannou versus Ryan Bader, but I was so ashamed of having that as my heavyweight fight, the article never came out. Every other fight was good, but that being the heavyweight one, how can you even call that a contest, right? Ryan Bader versus Francis Ngannou, he'd kill him. It would be like you could give Ngannou 19-ounce gloves and he would take Ryan Bader's head off. No disrespect to Ryan Bader. It's... Uh, <laughs> no, but yes, no disrespect. Uh, di- di- disrespect intended to Ryan Bader. Um, yeah. <laughs> you're giving you're giving Bellator ideas, mate. They're going to they're gonna be like, hey, Fadal, what about one more <laughs> yeah. for the road? One more. Oh, no. Open, open weight. Mixed rules in Japan. New Year's Eve. Ryzen. That could be a decent one. That, they might They might have... The money to get in Ganu, you never know. I reckon they've got the money from that Yakuza affiliation there in the back pocket. But who's he gonna fight? Shrek. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Who, who, who's he yeah. gonna fight? And the only fight I want to see if he goes to Ryzen is Duho Manchoy. Like I want to see that. I was gonna say. I was gonna and say. Duho Manchoy looks like um, Shirley off EastEnders. I, I literally saw him one time, and that's the first thing I thought of. And I thought, you know what? I love this man. I love this man. Just jabbing, jabbing mad jabs out of a monk, and the monk's just like, <laughs> and then just goes at it. So I love Duho Manchoy. Shout out to Duho Manchoy. Wait, I'm saying the wrong man. I'm saying the wrong man. It's not Duho Manchoy. It's shoot. No, what's his name now? Oh my god, I forgot his name. Yeah, yeah it's not the Superboy. No, no, it's not Superboy. It's, it's a Superboy. It's Hongman Choi. Don't know who yeah. I'm Hongman Choi. Hongman Choi. I love Hongman Choi. Dude, seven for saying it sounds seven for two. Hongman Choi. What about Ngani versus Bob Sap? <laughs> Bike Circus is always one. <laughs> Bangs and Money versus Ngannou, I'd pay to watch that. Triller, I mean. Triller. I want to, I want to see Triller make a comeback, and I want to see Ngannou in that that weird MMA boxing hybrid in the triangular in ring. The, in the triangle. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in, in the. I want to see him fight. Who was it they got in? Uh, Kubrat Bulev, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, they got Pulev and Mir. Pulev, who challenged Anthony Joshua for the heavyweight title, by the way, they put him in with 40-something-year-old Frank Mir in a boxing match. <laughs> and Dan Murgliot is standing here like this. And Frank Mir, it, as, as Pulev actually deletes years of Frank Mir's life, He's got him in either he's got him in like the top corner of the triangle, beating the head off of him. And Murgliot is here like this as Mir is wobbling around the ring. What <laughs> what a freak show that was. But that's all the more reason why I want to see Nganu fight there. <laughs> yeah, just as long as as long as we all delete Frank Mir's phone number, I'm okay with it. But nobody needs to see that. Um we have to get to the other big part of this announcement, which is that John Jones is back. Which is mad that we have John Jones back, and yet it's not even the biggest story of the week. Like, I, it's, that's just that's just the MMA world right now. Um, coming back against Cyril Gann at UFC two eight five. Um, I I don't even know where to go with this. You could you could talk about him being a betting underdog against Cyril Gann, whether we agree with that. Um, how will he fare against Cyril Gann? I literally had to put out a, a YouTube video I'd already recorded where I spoke about how I didn't think John was going to be back, but I was hopeful. Uh, and then it's like, here he is, out of nowhere, UFC fight night, Strickland versus Imovov. Now we know. <laughs> Steve, initial thoughts when you saw the, the photo of the, the banner being put up outside the T-Mobile? Well, I saw it from one of the many people that reposted it. So I was my first thought was, can I find out if this is legit or not? Um, then we found out, of course, it was. Um, unfortunately, the T-Mobile Arena who put it up is just going to have to live with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, what a fuck up! What a fuck um, up! That is oh, someone, someone's getting sacked. Job. Someone's getting sacked. No, no nope. professional consequences. He's just going to have to live with it for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah, no. People are going to have to. People are going to have to follow that guy around, and they're going to say that's the guy who leaked Jones versus Gann, <laughs> and that'll be it. But no, it's obviously it's a hell of a fight. Um, and if you mentioned Curtis Blades, of course, but if it's not in Ghana, Ghana is probably the best one. Um, I think Jones as the underdog mainly stems from the inactivity. Um, I don't know how old Jones is now. Is he like 35? 35. Yeah. Um, that's a long time to be out. He was, I saw a stat. He was out for like the length of time it took from him to be from debut as a pro to being the UFC champion, that's the amount of time he was out for. That's quite crazy, to be fair, actually. Yeah. That's a mad stat, you know. Like, over, it's over a thousand days. That's crazy. Yeah. I, do, I don't know if that's more um, impressive that he became world champion in under three years or whether or not he's been out that long. Let me just check. I'll just double check that because that sounds crazy, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. And, um, <laughs> but, um, yeah. That's a crazy stat. Um, he's been out for a while and obviously moving up to heavyweight as well. Something he's been talking about for like 11 years now. He's finally, <laughs> finally going to happen. Um, did, did we all see that post from uh, ESPN? They uh, they posted a John Jones interview from the start of 2013. And he said, uh, I don't have any I don't have any immediate plans, but I think I'll be up a heavyweight by the end of 2013. They posted that just a couple of weeks ago. Oh. I think it was just... It was like it was like someone at the UFC just trying to like poke the bear at Jones. It's like you said this ten years ago and you still haven't moved up. Um, John, John yeah. Jones made his pro debut on April twelfth, twenty two thousand eight. Um, he beat Shogun for the title on March nineteenth, two thousand eleven. Fuck. 
and now he's been out since February 2020. So it's coming on three years. So yeah, it's about the same. Could you imagine if he gets starts? Do you know when he come back the first time against OSP and he just looks so underwhelming? Mm. Could you imagine if he just comes back and just gets smoked? I think he will. Okay, maybe not smoked, but I think he yeah. loses, and I think mm-hmm. I think he loses kind of handily because so if um, it was Ngannou, he was getting smoked. There's no question about that. Oh, I don't like hell. Johnny Jones. Yeah, I don't like Johnny Jones outside the cage. I feel mm. sorry for the pregnant woman he ran over, but you can't doubt him in the cage. You can't doubt him. He's just slick as fuck, isn't he? You know what? I I've come around on John it. Jones. I, I, I think. I think I've kind of softened on Jones lately. I mean, he's still a piece of shit human, and I wish him nothing but the worst. But as a fighter, I used to discredit Jones a lot uh, because of his outside activities. But yeah. there's been like certain there's like certain accounts on Twitter just in the weeks leading up to this, just posting like highlights of Jones from his prime and stuff like that. And it made me realize how good he was. And I was kind of like, you know what? I've been too harsh on Jones. He is one of the best of all time, and he probably will look good when he comes back. And then I saw the clips of his most recent fight against Reyes again, and I was like, yeah. nah, he's he's not winning. He's not winning. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually really he, watching a lot of his he couldn't He couldn't get Reyes down. He couldn't keep Reyes down. No. How is he going to get Gan down? A lot that's, of people thought, not, including happen. myself, that he lost three rounds to Dominic Reyes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That's to be fair to Reyes, though, comes, Reyes was looking really good coming into that fight, yeah. and then yeah. just something happened after that fight. He just, yeah. like, as if, like... I don't know. He just thought, can't be bothered with this anymore. And now look at him. What is he, one and four or something? His last five? One and five, maybe even. His last, I don't even know. He hasn't won since, has he? He hasn't, he hasn't won no, since. No, has he not won since? No. no. His, last, his last win was Weidman, oh which was the fight. Yeah, Chris, Chris Weidman in October 2019 on a Friday night uh, fight night in Boston, if I do remember correctly. like That's oh, that's where Dominic man. Reyes was at in his career when he, when he had oh. a win at last. Mm. I'm sorry. Very Dominic. unfortunate because he's a he's a nice guy as well, and he can fight. We saw that in his earlier career. But mm. MMA is a cruel sport. But anyway, uh, getting back on topic, I think John Jones gets fisted by Cyril Gann pretty much. Um, Cyril Gann is just he's he's phenomenally good, Eddie. Like I I would have given him the, uh, the decision over Inganu. Um, I thought he won the first, the second, and the fifth, but the fifth was very, um, like, it's very, you know, how you interpret the criteria, all that kind of thing. Uh, but I thought he just edged it. Either way, he's probably the second best heavyweight on the planet. And, uh, yeah, fair play to Jones for taking the fight. I didn't think Jones was going to move to heavyweight. I thought we'd never see Jones fight again. So I know I'm not the only one at that boat. I know, Carl, you were just saying that, like, you didn't expect him uh, to, to see him back this year. And, like, Nick P over it, um at BT, like in their 2023 champions predictions, he said this, you know, and like this is a like a hardcore John Jones dick writer. He said that Jones wasn't even going to come back this year, so that tells you where people were at. So fair play to him for coming back, but I just don't think he wins. So as we are recording this podcast, um, a tweet has just come out from from Mark Ramondi, who very credible source in the MMA world. Um, stating that the Nevada Deputy Attorney General Joe Becker um, says information has come to light that UFC flyweight Jeff Molina was involved in a substantial way, that is in quotes, with the gaming scheme currently under ongoing investigation related to James Krause. That is Mark Ramondi's tweet verbatim. Um, 
as we said a few episodes ago, we would be finding out a lot more about this whole James Krause uh, betting saga. Um, we recently found out about his involvement with that betting company. So we are starting to get things pieced together. Um, but what was your guys' reaction to finding out that uh, Jeff Molina is also involved in some way, as it appears? I'm just glad Jamie's name's not yet been brought up. So <laughs> as long as Jamie's safe, we've got nothing to worry about. Uh, no, it was actually it was me you guys said was with Kraus, wasn't it? All those weeks ago. Yeah, well come on, Jamie's our big guy. Shit, it yeah. was as well. It was you, Steve. Yeah, Jamie, was thinking, Jamie Kyle just wanted to be it. paid. Kyle say it at the start. Fuck <laughs> Corley. Can we start again? Can we just rewind that whole thing? <laughs> Fuck, I'm so sorry, Steve. <laughs> yeah, I managed to get out. It's fine. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. sorry, Steve. I'm sorry. Well, thankfully, thankfully, Steve, and you, thankfully that yourself and Jamie are, are not involved in it because this is some pretty serious shit. Yeah, like, there's an um, FBI investigation going on into James Krause. Um, I'm not like too. Um, I'm not too in the know when it comes to all the uh, all the details on this, but from what I know, he was an agent for an offshore bookies, and he was allegedly given insider information about his fighters about what you know maybe they were injured or something like that uh that's where the whole thing with um minner and norton becca came from um yeah if melina is tied up in all this i don't think we're going to see him in the ufc anytime soon um didn't didn't he get suspended by the nevada commission indefinitely just a couple of weeks ago in relation to this i think from what i've just read from what I've just read, it's like he's been suspended now for this. But um he yeah, he's officially been suspended now. Um he was supposed to fight on the card last week against Jimmy Flick and got pulled because presumably, as we thought, he just didn't want to not be with Kraus. But now we know this, then they probably already knew this and pulled him because of this and now they've poor, just poor poor Jimmy Flick. Like he he was getting accused of um of like being in ties with Krauss because he shot up from like minus 150 to plus 500 and all that kind of thing. And now, you know, he lost an opponent over Krauss as well. So, yeah, that's great. Poor guy. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we, there will be more updates nearly every time we do this podcast. So we will check back in on that. And I, I feel like with that announcement, there is going to be a lot over the next few days. Um, so we'll catch back up with that. Um, so there was the apparently episode. a leak Discord. Sorry. Sorry. If that's right. No, <laughs> there was a leaked Discord message that came up four days ago with Melina. This is from BJPen.com, of course. Um, the number one fighter named MMA news source. Um, not that's not called the Mac Life. <laughs> um, Jeff Molina claimed James Krause quote quotations at times has the scoop on injuries in leaked Discord message. Oh, that's big. That is big. Because some nasty it's, shit, it's, dog. It's it's insider information, isn't it? And then he's passing that on. People are are making bets on that, and it's it's um well, aside from being illegal, it's just not very cool, is it? I don't think James <laughs> is a very cool person. <laughs> Breaking news from <laughs> BMTV. But that I can't wait. James Krause found out to be a bit of a prick, according to inside sources. So now, I've not just found this quote of Molina essentially snitching on Krause, which makes no sense given. He's now caught so, up in it. So Jeff, so Jeff is an informer then. 
Yeah. He's trained <laughs> with a lot of the fighters, lived and breathed his sport. Copley's fucking raging. <laughs> this has gotten more upset than nothing else because Melina has turned out to be a rash. Code. No respect for the code, bros. Like, this, this... Don't grass on your mates. If you're watching and you've grassed, go and take yourself to bed. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, so this is... Actually, well, it looks like this is just the leaked message. He's not really, he wasn't really snitching on Cross. This is a leaked message from Molina to the 1% club in April of last year. He's trained with a lot of the fighters, lives and breathes this sport as a coach slash fighter, and at times has the scoop on injuries, non-announced matchups, how fighters look in camp, etc. In stocks, this is called insider trading. In MMA betting, it's called James Krause. <laughs> For the last... <laughs> Now that is an article headline if I've ever heard it. For the last last six months, all my bills, including Mark and Carr, have been paid via Krauss's picks. Do you you (laughs) the VIP? Oh my god. I wish I was the VIP. I um I will like a little inside baseball here. Oh wait, I've lost it now, Queen. Um I will drop that in the group chat for you guys. Oh, please That's do, man. Please do. Um, That's yeah. so bad. He's just snitched that he's paid off his mortgage and his car. Yeah, but like he said this, because of he, was, he said this in the Discord to the 1% club and it leaked. So that's obviously where this has stemmed from. It's in the verbal money chat right now for you guys. Oh, my God. Yeah. These hoes. Wow. Uh, did it say when the when the article was Thank published? you, Steve, for, um, thank you like, for pulling that up. I've lost the tweet that had that in, but I think it was like four days ago. Wow. I'm surprised I haven't oh seen anything God. about this until um, literally just now. Well, we are in the business of breaking news, Kyle. Okay, it's, it's in... <laughs> um, I'm just dropping the article in now. Okay. I wish I joined the VIP. I saw it and I thought, oh, I, I don't think I'm rich enough to join this club. Oh, we should put the twenty pound in savings, isn't it? Yeah. Wow, from January twelfth. Okay. Yeah. Crazy shit. Some people shouldn't commit crimes because they're just stupid. <laughs> Why? <laughs> just put any of that that's on the, like, anywhere. Headline. That's it. it is ridiculous. That's that's Corley's tip of the week. I mean, Who needs Jamie for betting you... advice when we got tips like this? <laughs> you've got like at least Preston tried to hide it you know what I mean like he went on the MMA hour and he was like no uh, I'm a millionaire from gambling like, I don't make any money from gambling um, like that should have been alarm number one so you can't say they're going to hide it well um <laughs> we, I, mean, I did not expect that we would end up diving this deep into it and finding this much out. I can't believe it was right there the whole time. Do we have to bounce back to Gun now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I said, we'll catch back up on that um, in, in future episodes once we know a little bit more. Um, but we should talk about some fights that are coming up this weekend. Um, first of all, away from the, the big UFC card in Brazil, um, there's two fight nights in Europe that you can keep an eye out for. That is Ares 11. They are on UFC Fight Pass. I've been really impressed by Ares over the last year or so. They've done some really good events. Um, they've got a vacant middleweight championship fight in the main event. Um, 
a guy whose name that I will absolutely butcher if I say it, um, but he is 15 and one. Um, I will, I'll do my best. Abdul, Abdul Ragimov, I want to say, um, taking on Rafael Haratic, like I said, for the vacant middleweight championship. That is on Friday night on Fight Pass and KSW 78. Um, they've got the rematch 10 years in the making between Mikhail Matela and Kendall Grove, former The Ultimate Fighter winner. Um, their first fight was ridiculous in KSW, so that should be a fun one as well. And that'll segue right into UFC 283. Before we um, go into the UFC, can I just touch on a couple more events? Obviously, we've got Invicta yeah. this Wednesday. Um Of course, yeah. Yeah, um, I interviewed Autumn Norton the other day, who's fighting Claire Guthrie on the main card. Um, and this show, it's a fun lineup, two title fights, um, and it's on YouTube, so anyone can just check this out for free. Um, and this Friday is the first one championship Friday fights card at Lumpany Stadium in Thailand. Um, mainly um, Muay Thai and kickboxing, but um, it's in like obviously such a historic stadium, so. It's going to be a big card, and they're doing regular shows there as well. Yeah, I think that's, that's on... free they... as well, right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's on the one YouTube channel. Chatfree cleared that yeah. up yesterday. Yeah, uh, any opportunity to watch Mongo do his thing, I'm in. So that'll be worth tuning in for as well. Um, but the, the big card of the weekend is UFC 283 in Brazil, two title fights there. Um, finally, some clarification, hopefully. In the light heavyweight division, with Glover Teixeira taking on Jamal Hill for the vacant belt. Davison Figueiredo and Brandon Moreno meeting for a fourth time, unprecedented in the UFC. Um, guaranteed to be a great fight. Like We've seen them do it three times and they've all been incredible to watch. So I have no doubt that'll be one of the highlights of the evening. Uh, how are you guys feeling about this card? Because I've kind of flip-flopped between being really excited and then feeling a little bit uh underwhelmed at points by the by the card as a whole um Corley, where are you at in terms of looking forward to this one i'm watching it in the morning okay the day after <laughs> that is how excited i am um it's by no means a bad card it's, it's actually it's, one, it's gonna be one of those uh it's going to be one of those cards where you can't really make your mind up about it and i guarantee the whole thing is one of the cards of the year already guaranteed but I'm just not very sold by Glover versus Hill as a main event. I'm also not sold by Lauren Murphy fighting on the card either at all, but that is for my own reasons and for no one else's. Um, there are some good fights in there. I think there's some good fights in the prelims. Um, off the top of my head, I could not let you look because I'm just not going to embarrass myself. So the TV um, prelims are Shogun in his last fight against Ihor Pateria, Gregory Rodriguez versus Bruno Ferreira, Thiago Moises versus... Mel Kiziao Costa, I don't know who that is, and Mc... Gabriel Bonfim versus Munir Lezes. I was going to say, is McKinney's on this card, isn't he? McKinney is versus Mel yeah. Bonfim. We've got Jalton Almeida versus Shiro. Yeah, I was so... going to say, there's some, the early, I'll watch the early portion of the card. Definitely, there's some good prospects on there that I want to keep. Wally Alvarez versus Nicholas yeah. Dalvin. Oh, is that, is that this weekend? Yeah. Man, yeah. oh, I might have to stay up a bit then. I might have to stay up a bit. Cody Stamen's on there. Um, there's a rare 145 women's fight on there as well. Oh, is that the... I, can't I didn't even notice that. Division. Josiane Nunez against Zara Fain. Oh. Zara Fain. Um, I heard it, so they should just... The UFC should literally just do a, 145, a 135 plus tournament 
Mm. That wouldn't work. A 145 plus tournament and just get everyone to come in. Because that is the only way Amanda Nunes will get any competition in that featherweight division. There is no one there for her. Well, she'll probably, she... fight, she'll probably fight Norma Dumont at some point this year. To be yeah. Honest. But other than that, unless she's going to Bellator, like she's. Yeah. I don't think she's going to do that. She's going to retire soon, isn't she? She's got a family now. She's going to be chilling. Because why not? Mm, more likely. Uh, Steve, I remember when this the, the main event got announced, you picked Jamal Hill to beat Glover Teixeira in Brazil. Are you still confident in that pick? Um, I think he might, but like, based on him being a complete dick on Twitter, I hope he doesn't. <laughs> you vamos, hey. You vamos, hey. Steve, no. Steve, you took the, you took the word straight out, of my, straight out of my mouth, brother. Straight out of my mouth. Um, but I was I picking think, Jamal. Yeah. I was picking Jamal, but now I'm hoping he gets smashed. I'm hoping he gets smashed. He is a dick. And what that I guy is the light heavyweight champion. Mm. Oh, he's what an are... arsehole, mate. He's just he he's a dick. Over the group are we chat. allowed? Unload. This are we so allowed safe. to say the guy's name from whom he was defending and all that kind of thing? Or do we get demonetized for that? Like what's, what's I've got no on? idea what you're on about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is a safe space. Well I'm gonna look. He's a he's, He's a he's a Dana White defender for a start. Oh stars. no, what a bellend, right? But then he kept going about on about it for weeks and weeks oh, and yeah. arguing with everyone. And... and if I'm if I'm not mistaken, please do correct me on this, but I also remember him being a bit of an Andrew Tate guy. I could have pulled that out of my head. It wouldn't surprise me. Do people not yeah. have brothers, sisters, not brothers, do people not have sisters and mothers and daughters? And do they not look and think, if someone slapped my mother, sister or daughter, I would kick the shit out of them? Because everyone would. So why are you defending Dana White? I don't fucking get it. He wants a job. He wants a job. Some of the fighters have been so hypocritical about that, though. Like, like Derek Brunson. This is a guy who has been seen at media events wearing a I beat up domestic abusers t-shirt. And then uh-huh. he goes on Twitter and it's like, well, I don't think anyone's in the right position to be like this, that, and the others. Fuck off, will you? Just like, you're Derek Brunson. Like, it's not like defending Dana is going to get you a title shot. Like, it's not, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so save your breath for cooling your porridge. Like, just don't bother. Now, I don't know... Um how accurate wikipedia is on this but according to wikipedia jamal hill has six children so i would assume at least one of them is a woman um i don't know that for sure but i would imagine so um so there's it, also the women or woman or women he had those children with uh, well, you know. again statistically probably at least one of them a woman you're right <laughs> um <laughs> Which I, I don't think this fight needed any extra um, motivation for people to want to see Glover Teixeira become the champion in Brazil. But it definitely has it. Um, and, uh, Unfortunately, I'm yeah. actually still picking Jamal Hill. Glover is for his age. And um, look, I'm going to put my faith in, in Glover. Um, you know, for him to right the wrongs of the universe that Jamal Hill has been desecrating my timeline with. Um, but at 43 years of age, going up against one of the hardest haters of the division, 
I think if he gets it probably doesn't end well. Um, it's a, it, it's honestly really impressive that he took all the shots from uh, Prohashka that he did. And that gives me a little bit of faith that things might be restored back to the natural order with Clover Teixeira as UFC champion. Um, but not going to happen unfortunately I don't think I think Jamal Hill is going to hit him he's going to get the belt he's, he's going to say something incredibly derogatory to women or children something like that <laughs> and we just have to pray the pro Hachka or fuck out later on <laughs> he has uh, three daughters by the way okay thank you for <laughs> well well UFC.com article from June 2021. The humbling home life of Jamal Hill. <laughs> Man's got three kids and wouldn't mind if the fellas slapped them about when they're older. Oh, God. What a world If they slap first, we should, we should, you know, I don't want to get this one. Oh, of course. Only of course, if they yeah. slap first. If she slaps first, her name Dave and she's going to behave. We're not having that logic. <laughs> We're not having that logic. <laughs> Out with it. If we're if we're talking about people who are fighting for titles on this cards, who we found out are pricks recently, <laughs> Davidson Figueroa is fighting in the goal main event. Um, big balls and arrow guys. So I found out that's never good. Um, I mean, you know, I don't. It's generally an assumption or a fair or a safe assumption with a lot of Brazilian athletes. I feel. Yeah, but it's it's just sad when you find out. And like Apo in the center the of this whole government crazy. scandal thing. Like where he was taking money off, um, he was taking like checks off all to be going to poor people in Brazil during the pandemic, and that he's now, you know, Bolsonaro staying in the minion room at Aldo's house. I don't know how legit that is. I I I know he's staying there. I don't know if he's staying in the minion room. That's what I saw on Twitter. Um, yeah, With that being said, though, Moreno's team. Um, well, his old team in Mexico, I'm like pretty sure they posted a video of Figueredo at a press conference with a monkey filter over his face, and that caused a lot of problems too. So maybe everyone in this card is a bit of a prick. You never know. I thought when you said Moreno's team, you were going to mention James Krause. Incredible that he didn't even get oh, a well, yeah, no. in all of this. <laughs> wow. Well, wow, that is an awful lot to, to, to digest with the four men involved in the title fights. Uh, At least Paul Craig's not a prick. There you go. We've, Thankfully. We've got Paul Craig. Thankfully. <laughs> Paul Craig falls on the floor and does whatever he did at the last UFC London event then. He will be a prick. You know what? what Paul Craig, here's my here's my issue. Here's my issue with, with Paul Craig. I put a bet on on the last London show and I got everything right except Paul Craig and he ruined my accumulator. <laughs> So that's my issue with Paul Craig. Stand up fella though. Great guy. Bit of a UFC bootlicker. I can look past that though. Jake going back to his his old routine that he had in the draft where he'd be like, oh, Paul Craig, what a guy. Ruined my bet. Uh room for that. But lovely guy. Lovely guy. I really thought you were gonna pull out the old he's not as good as he thinks he is, but lovely guy. <laughs> Uh, Hold on, we've still got fights okay. to talk about. We've still got fights to talk about. <laughs> Shogun Hua. Why is Shogun Hua on this card? He, is he not like 70 or something? Like... His last ever fight in Brazil, Jake. At least give him this. 
his last fight should have been OSP in Brazil eight years ago when he got knocked out by the skateboard. That should have been his last fight. No, <laughs> should have been. They a, instead, they had a rematch. <laughs> Who put that fight together? Who put that fight together? By the way, like I know, I actually have something against that because there are people in America who paid 70 quid to watch Mauricio Hua who I swear he's only like 38 which is impressive because he's been fighting since dawn at time he's um, against oh, he's how old? 41 <laughs> oh he's 41 okay that's not he, as he impressive like, as around he was like past the prime of his career when he came back to the UFC and won the title <laughs> he was like 28 then and everyone was like oh he's old because like he had all his fights in Pride and stuff when he and he started so young. And when he came back to the UFC at like twenty eight, and he was like always oh, old. And he's like, who else is on this card that I can insult? Um, uh, you know what? I actually, Lauren Murphy? I actually don't have. Oh, yeah. No, oh, you know what? I actually like Lauren Murphy. Murphy. Fuck off! No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> no, no one likes Jake face turn. Jake likes Lauren Murphy. Did you not see this <laughs> Oh my god. I can't believe. I think she's all right. Like, no. she, has a, she has a good story. She came from a, a very humble background. She was a drug addict. She she turned it around. She fought for the title. Um, now, as a fighter, oh my, that's something else. But I think she's I think she's a nice lady. Um, I like Jessica Andrade as well. Her OnlyFans yeah. pictures that got leaked have haunted my nightmares. <laughs> Those were abhorrent. Jesus Christ. Um, Johnny Walker, I like him. Um, if he doesn't text me back for that interview that he promised me back in September, I'm gonna go over to Dublin and pull out. So, like, Johnny, interview me. You may get back to me, please. This needs to be um, a new segment of the show where we get Jake to run down the whole card. We'll call it two steps forward, one step back, because he gives him two compliments and an insult every time. Incredible. Uh, okay, I'm not. I'm not bad to say it. Oh, oh, just you wait, just you wait. Um, <laughs> Robocop, I actually like him. I like him. I don't know much about him as a fighter. He's Brazilian, so he's probably got some fascist political views. Uh, Bolsonaro guy. Um, not a whole lot to say. His cut was really weird. That was horrifying to look at, but that's about it, really. Uh, Moises couldn't give a fuck. Couldn't give a fuck. He's so bland. He's so bland, ain't he? Like, decent fighter, but, like, not a, not a lot to write home about. Um, Shamil Abdurakhimov. How is he even I'm in so the USA anyway? I'm so impressed with that pronunciation. That was flawless. <laughs> that was so good. I've, I've had to practice for years. I've had to practice these names for years. Uh, because because he's been fighting for years, for some reason. He's 41, <laughs> has lost three in a row, and is still in the top 15. If this doesn't tell you about the state of heavyweight, and he's fighting Jordan Almeida, who I have nothing bad to say about, he's awesome. I like him. <laughs> he's, I, I, yeah, great guy. Um, Lazez, I know him from somewhere, but I can't really put my finger on it. Uh, Cody Stamen, I like him. He could be a little bit wrestle heavy sometimes. Don't know the guy he's fighting. Um, Bonfine, again, not overly familiar with him. McKinney, though, right? <sighs> I like McKinney. I like I liked McKinney when he debuted, and I still like McKinney now. But he just oh. has a tendency 
to just to say and do some very annoying things. He needs to stop interacting with KSI on Twitter, right? It's not going to end well. KSI has a stupid amount of followers, and he's going to get ratioed every time. It's a little bit sad to see. I do remember him saying some really weird stuff about Georgian people. Um, he was, yeah, something talking about how, you know, Georgians are weak people because they were oppressed by the Russians or something like that. I Don't quote me on that, but it was something along those lines. Not a very nice comment. And he also goes on a bit about how he OD'd. But, like, didn't he OD on LSD or something like that? Like, it's not... Oh, I wouldn't want that, though. My <laughs> God. Oh, could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> I could not live in South uh, yet, so that is some heavy shit, bro. Sorry. Nicholas Dalby, I like him. Nothing bad to say about him. Awesome fight. Uh, his fight against Houston is one of the most underrated fights of all time. That was mm. that was my burner. Mm. Um, Josiane Nunez, I love her. You know why? Because she's like four foot nothing. She's four foot nothing and fights at 145 in the heaviest women's division. Love her. Uh, Zara Farron. Well, even meant to say, like, come on, these are women at 145 we're talking about here. That's the whole card full of people I know, and I've insulted everyone. So, yeah, <laughs> indeed. Do you did you already mention uh, Neil Magny? I thought that you would have something to say about him. Oh no, so oh, I forgot about him, the gatekeeper. Um, you know what? Like, <laughs> I feel like a lot of people like they hate on him for no reason, just because like he is a gatekeeper. Um, I actually, now that I think about it, I have nothing bad to say. He seems like kind of um, just yeah, doesn't big fights, unfortunately. Um, but this is a big one against Burns, which means he's going to bottle it, obviously. Um, he, you know, he, he's a bit yeah, like England. There it is. Big, he, he's a bit like England in big football tournaments. Do you know what I mean? Like, good, but just kind of all a bit when it comes to you know important stuff. Uh, and Burns. Probably likes balls and arrow, but that's about it. There you go. There you go. Wow, I don't know where to go from there. I feel like we haven't previewed any. I've just, I've ruined, I've ruined the credibility <laughs> of this show <laughs> and and of this company. Like, fellas, I, Steve. What stands out to you on the card? That's where we're going from here. I'll leave you to pick up the pieces. I mean, I was go- I was googling the politics of Gilbert Burns. I'm sorry. That's fair enough. Yelton Almeida. He's gonna finally get himself into the top theme with the top fifteen with this one. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, because Shamil Abdurrahimov is somehow top fifteen material. You look at every top 15 fighter, or you look at every heavyweight fighter in the UFC, rather, and you tell me that there are only 14 people better than Shamil Abdurrahimov. Really? This is what I'm being told. Who is Who gets on the rankings panel? How do people get on the rankings panel? The rankings are so weird. Shamil, please retire, mate. Like, it's going to be... It's going to be something like three knockout losses after this. Or just three, uh, three stoppages in a row, or something like that, or four stoppages in a row. Well, they'll, they'll so, cut him after this one, and then he can go and make a super fight with Francis Ngannou, can't he? Why we all want to see? <laughs> I would pay you pay per view for that. P- PFL <laughs> super fight series. There you go. <laughs> How about one on us? 
you're, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> I've, I feel like, um, I don't know what it is about this card, but I, I feel like I, I'm, I've really not seen many people talking about Moreno versus Figueredo 4, which to me is like, I'm so excited for that fight. Every every single one of their fights has been uh, right up there for my favorite fights of the year when they've happened. We're getting a fourth fight between them, which has never happened before in the UFC. And I, I just know 100% what I'm getting, which is that it's going to be a great fight. Corley, does this not convince you to maybe stay up? I mean, don't get me wrong. I didn't think it would, but... I won't lie to you. I won't lie to you. I've, I've gone off the UFC product a lot recently. I don't know what it is. I am far more entertained watching PFL 1, Cage Warriors, KSW, LFL, whoever... Whoever the fuck is on my telly seems to be doing a lot better of a job than UFC at the moment. It's just... Did you so, say LFL? Yeah, you I did. LFL? Levels Fight League. I thought you meant like the lingerie league. Oh, this we'll we'll come back to the UFC card in a minute because we put together the the awards for VMTV. Finding their logo when you have to type in LFL, and I did not realize <laughs> that the lingerie football league is as popular as it is. So it was an absolute nightmare. There's a, there's a lingerie fighting league as well. Oh, football league. Sorry, I, said, <laughs> I mean, I mean, why not? There probably is. No, there is. I was like, oh, is that? Steve's like, I'm a fan. No, no, no. no. I want to explain how I know. Because I was supposed to interview. Because you're a fanboy, Steve. Don't lie. <laughs> You've got media credentials. Yeah, definitely. And I was supposed to interview someone with PFL who like used to do some stuff with them and talked about their interviews and stuff. That's why. Yeah, of course. Right. That is the reason. That's why. It, that's why it was like fresh in my mind when he mentioned LFL too. Like, you're just you're waiting for people to bring it up so like this is this is the one topic you're so passionate about when people bring up the laundry fighting league this is this is steve's moment to shine apparently it's all the work too apparently like it's fake How dare they call <laughs> i didn't even know it was a thing i only found about the laundry football league the other day through making those <laughs> graphics trying to find <laughs> lfl that is a nightmare um, idea. Yeah. Imagine, imagine Corley yeah. saying that he prefers their product at the UFC these days. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I know, just, you, I I know you like to be fake. niche, but I just it's accused, not even niche. I, I just, just accuse them of fixing their fights. Let's move on. I just, I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> this episode gets us cancelled. I've insulted every fighter, the every noteworthy fighter on this card, and Steve has just called the humble lingerie fighting league. That you know. They're going to accuse him of having affiliation with James Krause next. You yeah. know what I mean? This is shameful from you, Steve. You're the one who ruined this, not me when I insulted every fighter on the UFC card. <laughs> well, yeah. Apparently I don't it's know. LFC, Lundre Fighting Championships. No, uh, okay. Well, LFC, sorry. <laughs> stay, stay tuned to Verbal Money to see if they put in an offer for Francis Ngannou. Um, <laughs> is there... <laughs> Is there anything else on the Brazil card that you guys want to talk about before we close out this absolute nonsense? This episode is literally McKinney. Called, like we've spoke about McKinney, haven't we? Yeah, but uh, I was just calling him a prick, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it, I don't I, like. I know. 
I, do, I do, for further reference, right? I don't wholeheartedly believe everything I said. It was all in jest. Some of it, I, I believe, I mean most of the stuff I said at Jamal. Um, but yeah, um, McKinney, I'm, I'm excited to see him fight. He's a really good fighter. He his only loss in the UFC came to Drew Dober, um, who is you know like the chin of all chins, and he put, he was the first guy to put Drew Dober down, and he really looked like he had him hurt. Um, so I, I like McKinney in this fight and th- this fight's really close as well which makes me uh, in, in odds wise it's really close uh, which makes me want to get a better look at uh, this guy uh, Ishmael Bonfim so I think that's probably the it's going to be one of the better fights of the night I have to agree with you though Kyle like Figaro Moreno is just perfect I'm really excited to see Paul Craig and Johnny Walker as well because you know that one of them is yeah. going to do something mental in that fight but is going to be a Twitter video for sure. Um, should also say, we don't have very long to talk about it, um, but Francis Ngannou is live right now on Ariel's show um, and has said about how the contract negotiations weren't just about money. That wasn't the stalling point. I assume he's going to go on to talk about one into box. Um, and he also said that he was offered around $8 million for three fights, um, which he he wanted it to be Jones twice and then Stipe again. Um but yeah, that that's literally live right now, so it's hard to talk yeah. about because we don't know what else is going to come out. <laughs> but there you go. I feel like we'll just yeah, we'll end the podcast on that because we can't really talk about it because we don't know what else is going to be said. But I'm sure we'll recap it uh, on the next episode once we have you know the clarification of everything that has happened with 